it's all in a day's work. Claudia dreams that she is having dinner with her gusts, except that instead of the ham, there is an entire roasted pig on the table, an apple shoved in its snout, and there are tall, slim candles lighting the dark wood table, dripping rivulets of wax, wasted wax, Claudia thinks in the dream. Georgie's mother comes to the table with a pair of thick, round goggles over her eyes and a leather helmet on her head. She sits, Giawachi always wanted to be a driver, she says, Ma Georgie whines. In Claudia's dream, he is only five years old, although everyone treats him like he is thirty. Georgie and I are lovers Claudia blurts out, everyone looks up at her, now she's done it. Well, why wouldn't she be, dear Georgie's mother asks dishing out more potatoes. Through the dream, Claudia realizes that Georgie is not married. He is not Greg. She can't hurt Georgie in the same way that she wants to hurt Greg. And hurting Georgie will not hurt Greg. Not one bit. Claudia wakes up from the dream filled with an aching sense of loss. For some reason, she can't say why. It feels like someone she loved very dearly has just died. Georgie, Claudia says quietly, kindly, one evening. He looks up at her in surprise. Her eyes are wide, her expression innocent and caring. Georgie feels a sudden certainty that everything they have been through in the last few months has just been a dream. He will wake up any minute and discover that they are actually happy together, and considerate. The American dream couple, on the outside and in, maybe they will go for a drive in his shiny black car and dance together on the beach. He is surprised at the sudden bliss this thought gives him, that a satisfying, loving relationship with Claudia is the dream, the nightmare is the reality. He realizes that the bliss between the moments of torture, just an accidental current of happiness, is what makes up his orgasm now. His life is just one torturous sexual act interspersed with brief spurts of joy and relief from pain. I was thinking, Claudia continues, looking on him with eyes filled with adoration, maybe false adoration, but Georgia will take it. What if we went out for dinner tonight you know, like, an actual date her voice sinks down to a whisper, like real couples do, Georgie wonders again if the whole arrangement is a lie, his mind could have created all the torment during an episode, a way to explain all the pain of their normally loving relationship, but that is impossible, is it, Ben, is it really, why yeah, sure, he stutters, looking up at her with hope, wonderful, Claudia seems to glow, she drops down and plants a lingering kiss on his forehead. I have to take a shower. Shouldn't we look nice? Georgie can only nod in silence. Georgie and Claudia step out of his shiny black sedan in front of the neighborhood's premier Italian restaurant. Claudia is dressed to the nines in a slinky green dress that shimmers with her eyes. Her hair falls in soft, red waves down her back. Georgie wears a dark gray suit with pale blue pinstripes. They glide together to the front door of the restaurant. A doorman in a tuxedo opens it as they arrive. Georgie, it's beautiful, Claudia says in a hushed tone, as they enter the dining room. It is dimly lit, but filled with mirrors, lighted candles, and glinting crystal. The two are seated in red leather chairs in a corner near the window, where the glow of nearby shops lights their faces. Thank you, Georgie, Claudia says, after a sip of water, her eyes seem to shine, almost, almost. Georgie convinces himself that their arrangement is a lie, that this momentary connection and consideration are truth, almost. Their conversation is light and pleasant, without any bitterness or mention of what has passed between them in the last weeks. Claudia's face seems to glow in the candlelight. Her freckles have all but disappeared. When Georgie squints, he decides that Claudia's hair looks almost like Margaret's. The waitress is attractive, tall, and graceful. Her eyes shine, too, as she meets Georgie's gaze. 
His momentary happiness overflows, and he smiles at her radiantly. He includes Claudia in his smile, feeling suddenly like the three of them wholly understand each other, that the world is at peace and that they are at one with themselves and with the universe. When the waitress glides off, Georgie sets his hand on the table, halfway between himself and Claudia. He beckons her with his fingers. This was a good idea, he says. I can't believe you, she hisses. What Georgie frowns. For a moment, he disbelieves his ears, but her face is a horrible sight. Despite this she spent making it up. It is twisted into some horrible snarl, an evil mask. She looks like a demon, a gargoyle. What do you mean he tries desperately to hang on to his earlier happiness? I saw how you were acting with the waitress, she says. Do you think I'm blind she's insane? Georgie realizes, in the moment of inspiration, completely nuts. What are you talking about? Georgie replies, his voice rising slightly. You know what I'm talking about. You were flirting with her, Claudia says, accusingly. An older couple at the next table looks at them disapprovingly. I was not, Georgie says. I didn't say anything, like you need to speak, Claudia scoffs. You, of all people, should know that you're more attractive when you keep your mouth shut. W where do you how? Christ, Claudia. We're at one of the nicest restaurants in town and all you can do is insult me. Don't change the subject, she insists. You were flirting with that girl. She's young enough to be your daughter. Fellow patrons are becoming tense at Georgie and Claudia's display. Some of them stare at Georgie openly, hostility etched on their face. She's young enough to be your daughter, Claudia repeats. One of the women at the table nearby gasps. She glares at Georgie and stares pityingly at Claudia. Men are scum, the woman mutters to her companion, who knows, I can't believe you, Claudia says a little louder, all I want is to have a nice dinner with you that's what I want, too, Georgie interrupts, and all you can do is ogle the waitress, Claudia barrels forward like a freight train, you disgust me, at that moment, the waitress brings their food, and Georgie no longer cares about Claudia's disgust, instead, he stares unflinchingly at the woman's breasts, she seems nice, he thinks to himself, when he turns to his dinner, Claudia slaps him hard across the face. You're embarrassing me, she screams. I spent hours trying to look beautiful for you and in front of all these people you just ignore me and stare at that girl like you're at Hooters or something. These people wouldn't have a clue about it if you weren't yelling so loud. Georgie roars back, losing his temper. So you admit it, you were flirting with her. Claudia screeches, triumphant. So what if I was Georgie returns? What's the big fucking deal the woman at the nearby table looks sharply at him and he returns her glare. What the fuck are you looking at he snaps. You're always doing this to me, Claudia yells. You have no respect for me or for any woman. She turns to the sympathetic woman nearby. He walks around naked, you know, she reveals. Downtown, it's disgusting, the woman gasps. That was him she murmurs. She whispers something to her partner, with a glare. They both stand up and leave. Sexist. One of the women hisses as they pass. Bitch, Georgie mutters. He looks down at his food, his appetite gone. You really are something else. Claudia starts in on him again. What does she have that's so great? How Georgie rolls his eyes. Nothing, Claudia. You're perfect just the way you are. She grunts, unsure of what to make of this sarcasm. Can we just eat? Georgie asks, poking at his food with a fork. That's all you think about, Claudia says, slamming her napkin down on the table your stomach and your dick. Thumping the table with her hip as she stands, Claudia glowers down at him. Then, she walks out of the restaurant, leaving Georgie alone in front of two lukewarm plates of food. Claudia scurries down to the car, her heels clacking against the sidewalk. 
The secret to Claudia's fake outs is that they are not really fake. There is a small, secret Claudia inside her, who's actually kind of pissed about the way Georgie and the waitress seem to have a special moment back there. She doesn't think about the fact that she was included in that moment, too. If she did, it probably wouldn't help Georgie's case, anyway. A second after she slides her feet across the smooth carpet of Georgie's shiny black car, she doesn't give a shite about the waitress or about Georgie anymore, or so she tells herself. Instead, she laughs a quiet chuckle and leans back against the seat. She rolls down the divider that separates her from the driver. Hey, Ben, she says, her voice throaty and seductive. How about a drink when Georgie comes home? The lights in the house are blazing. Music plays loudly over the wireless sound system. Claudia is nowhere to be seen. Georgie briefly wonders what horrors are in store for him now. He wonders if an apology would stave off the torture. An apology would be more likely to cause pain, he decides. Claudia would use the moment of weakness to shred his heart. He pays the bills, after all. What does he need to apologize for? Georgie stands indecisively in his own front entryway. He could turn around and leave. He could run away, and she would never find him. The Galapagos are nice, this time of year, any time of year, maybe he should do it. She can have the house as long as he is free of what is in it. He won't, even if I did run away, Georgie thinks, there would be someone else, someone else likes her to torture me. There's always a Claudia, no matter what I call her. In that case, Georgie would not be in control. The torturer would be part of a love-hate relationship that he is doomed to always repeat. But with Claudia, at least, Georgie is in control. After all, she is only doing what she does because he pays her to. Georgie fingers his wallet, wondering if he could pay her to stop. He is afraid of that question, afraid of the answer. He goes upstairs. On the covers of his neatly made by Claudia bed, Georgie finds a note. Dearest Georgie, the note reads, My dismay at your behavior at dinner this evening, and my own, can know no bounds. You and I have hurt each other so many times that there is nothing left for us to do. It is obvious, as well, that your affection for me has dwindled, and there can be no reviving it. What else is there for me but despair? You are my shelter and my sustenance. I should so much rather lose my life than my heart. Remember me fondly, love ever. Claudia Georgie's mind whirls and he considers the note. What does it mean? Has she left him for good? At once his stomach sinks into his groin and his brain rips free of his skull. His thoughts float happily for a second when he thinks about life without Claudia's torture. He feels himself becoming aroused at the thought, all his past rationalizations, for a moment, far behind him. Then he looks at the note once more, and is filled with terror. Has she? Could she? He races to the bathroom. She lies within the flame, on the still cold tile in a pool of blood. The fire, it's happening again. Her arms are sticky with the plasma and platelets. Her eyes are glassy and horror-filled. Georgie drops to his knees. He dreams without sleeping. In George's dream, Claudia's slumped against the counter, and as dreamscapes change, the counter blends and transforms. She's in the kitchen, flooding, too, and the entire kitchen counter's contents, from leftover coffee mugs filled with black coffee bean soup, to the salt and pepper containers, mostly salt. Salt is the omen of discordance, everything having gone awry with quarrels and discontent. Georgie and Claudia adore salt, they are addicted to love and salt. Everything falls down and apart, slipping and falling over and over back to the bathroom and back to everywhere and nowhere, just like the completely awry love and salt of Georgie and Claudia's discordant relationship. The kitchen sink water pours like a river, flooding the room, all of the rooms, into a salty water ocean. Claudia remains on the floor and still in the kitchen, her kitchen. She falls again, 
gets up, and falls again, over and over, just like Georgie, freely under the influence of gravity, together they blend into yet another overlapping dream, this entangled and intertwined nightmare, together, the wasted wax, the jealousy, and now the remembrance of Claudia's house fire storms into their combined dream, Georgie's perspective nearly wakes him, he's lucid now, and can telepathically control this mutual dream, controlling something for once, and once for the benefit of himself, not Claudia, he flickers flashbacks of her house fire, she's burnt, Georgie lights up her middle brain, the place where dreams take place, the emotions, in particular, the sea of salty water Georgie has created as God said, let there be water, as Georgie seems to know, though God wanted an expanse between waters, Georgie just wanted water, all the water coats Claudia's blackened, charred skin, as she remembers, as if she had been inside her own burning home, fear, lots of fear and discontent, exacerbates the still sparking hair dryer, it rests just beside her fingertips, blending back to the bathroom, Claudia's face is bloated soaked and strange, her hands limp at her sides, her toes pointed down just an inch from the lid of the toilet seat, Georgie rises from his knees, the fire and flood stops dead, Claudia lay in the bathtub with a broken heart, her arms limp over her face, white and empty against the still water, a nearly empty prescription bottle holds a few white pills, Georgie drops to his knees again, nobody dreams, they are both wide awake, now, with mere distorted memories as dreams do upon awakening at last, Claudia Georgie's voice makes a gargling sound, his tongue seems trapped in his throat, his thoughts are filled with horror, his heart a bleak, terrified thing, and yet the hope, the small hope that now she has disappeared forever tugs softly at him, Claudia he feels her slippery hand and finds a pulse, the hope disappears in a cloud of impossibility and guilt, Georgie slaps her across the face, the dreams that were have become real, Jesus, Georgie, she yells, sitting bolt upright, I'm not really dying, you don't, there was no dream, it's all real, Georgie, what's wrong with you, what in the hell is wrong with you, she rubs her face with her hand, ow, sheesh, she says, look at what you've done, look what you've created, Georgie gapes at her like a fish, but the pills is the note, he babbles, Claudia sinks back into the tub and smiles lazily, she lifts a glass of wine from the rim and brings it to her lips, you really think I'd give up all this she says finally, but what about the waitress, how date the so called reality sinks in, Georgie's in la la land, what the hell do I care if you flirt with the waitress or if you don't Claudia says with a wave of her hand, she closes her eyes, I don't kid myself that I have any hold on you, yeah Georgie looks at her unflinching face, he tests the waters, I guess you don't have a hold on me, he says thoughtfully, he hopes it hurts her, even if it doesn't hurt her, he is glad to say it out loud, if only to show that he doesn't give a shite, either, as Georgie leaves her there, he thinks, for just a moment, that he hears her sab, but as he looks back into the tub, Claudia's face is pure, serene, calm, he decides that it was just his imagination, that's all, la la land or not, it's his damned imagination, it always is, moonshine penetrates through the window, baby by time and time to wake up, awakened the next morning, all he sees is darkness, darkness again, this time literally, he blinks for a moment, weighing for his eyes to adjust, but there is no light, none at all, before him is only a vast wall of blackness, Georgie pushes his hands up before his face and sits up straight, adrenaline coursing through him, he cries out, one hand brushes against soft cloth, the other clutches the matted substance to his side, he is sitting on carpet, he stands and hits his head on something hard, which vibrates with a soft dong when he strikes it, where am I? Georgie thinks wildly, is this hell, am I dead, 
Claudia, he screams, the light switches on, he is in the closet, sheesh, Georgie, Claudia says, rubbing her eyes, she is wearing her pajamas, what are you doing in the closet, Georgie shakes his head, Claudia shrugs, can you hand me my robe without a word, he hands it to her, Claudia closes the door, after a moment, she turns out the light, Georgie sits on the floor in the closet, staring into the darkness, it is quiet, and still, a night with no stars, no moon to confuse it, it is a new kind of nothingness, he likes it all right, he is the dreamer who doesn't sleep and the sleeper who never dreams, Georgie walks down to the kitchen, Claudia is huddled over the coffee maker, making small noises, her shoulders are shaking a little, Georgie wonders if she is crying, again, what does she have to be sad about, anyway, she is not the one who has to undergo daily torture, Georgie scoffs softly and Claudia straightens up, you put me in the closet he says grumpily, grabbing a coffee cup, Claudia sends him a withering glare, Georgie wonders for a moment whether he has begun sleepwalking or if it was just another one of Claudia's hypnosis tricks, judging from Claudia's face, he figures that he will never know, he decides to laugh, that was pretty stupid, he tells her, I mean, the closet? It's not like I'm claustrophobic or anything, Claudia shrugs, yet, you sounded pretty calm and collected when you were thrashing around in there, she says sarcastically, hum, Georgie mutters, he pours himself a cup of coffee and stares at her, he remembers the nothingness of the closet, it was not orgasmic, but it was peaceful, it was alright, he thinks, define alright, Ben, you're supposed to be the doctor, doctor see you tell me, I'm tired of the way you've been treating me, Georgie says, last night, this morning, I mean, can't you let up even a little Claudia stares at him, you don't pay me to let up, she says finally, I don't even get weekends, so am I supposed to feel sorry for you, you're the one who's torturing me, you've done the most despicable things to me, isolated me from my friends, I can't even trust myself right now, I never even know where I'm going to wake up, anymore, Georgie realizes he is screaming, what do you want me to do, Georgie Claudia screams back, he is shocked to find that tears are streaming down her face, her face is shining red and mottled like a cherry, I'm just doing my job, now you're telling me I can't even do that right Georgie squirms under her despair, it's just that I'm doing it all too well, Claudia accuses him, you can't handle it, is that it, how is it my fault if you can't make up your mind he can't believe the storm that he has unleashed, you can't ask me to do something and then bitch at me when I do it, Claudia screams, you can't have it both ways, Georgie, I can have it any way I want, Georgie insists meanly, irrationally, I'm the one who's paying you, Claudia stares at him for half a second and bursts into fresh tears, you are so cruel, she sobs, oh, shut up, Georgie says, tired of the guilt trip, not believing her tears are genuine, you love it, you know you do, Claudia buries her face in her hands, the sound of her crying fills the kitchen, the whole house, Georgie can't handle her misery, he leaves, I need a smoke, he mutters to himself, slamming the door behind him, dear diary, the truth is the truth.